It's the first annual Super Bowl podcast here on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. The Super Bowl, it's a great time to celebrate watching football, enjoying time with family and friends, and indulging in great snacks. We'll have all you need to know about the Super Bowl and much, much more. That's all coming your way next. You're listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All right. The Super Bowl is set. It's the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 53. Hi, folks. Josh Kirby back with you uh, on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Um, Thanks to our sponsor, Route 11 Chips, for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you check out their chips, Martin's, Food Lion, and Giant, and make sure you check out their new salt and pepper chips. They are delicious. So I'm here with CJ. CJ, how are we doing today? Good. Hopefully Good. better than you. You were sick last week. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling better. Thanks for... Um, uh, d- doing that um, take by take at our house, and what well, we have uh, another special guest today. Um, the one and the only Coach Mentier, um, CJ's father and uh, Sharanda Warriors um, assistant football coach. Coach, how you doing, Josh? Good, good to see you, Thank sir. Thank you for having me. It's been it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah, look forward to it. De- definitely. Um, a- a- anything you want to say about your football season that? Happened. We had a really good football season. Yeah, we had a good season. We came up short. Uh, you know, we had some key injuries to some some very talented players that we had. And you know, when you have good players and they go down, it's hard to you know it's hard to come back from. So yeah. you know, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But uh, overall, good good season. A lot of a lot of great things that were done. Looking forward to next year. Yeah, yeah. Can't can't wait to watch you all play next year. So um. We're going to get right into it here. How each of these two teams made it to Super Bowl 53. CJ, who you want to start off with? Well, let's go ahead and go with the team that won by some freaking luck, and that's the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. Let's go ahead and start with them. 13-3, and three, they're the number one team in the NFC West, of course. They made it to the playoffs last year, of course, but they got exited in the first round by the Falcons, who was a playoff team, of course. They lost to the New England Patriots the previous year to that. But the Rams lost last year. Sean McVay won the coach of the year. Looked like a great team. Jared Goff finally got notice, apparently, in that season. But this year, we didn't know what was going to happen. But the thing that made this season different was the free agent signings that the Los Angeles Rams came out and got. And Dominican Sue signed a $14 million, a trade that acquired Marcus Peters, and a keep to leave also from the Broncos as well. So you're having bits and pieces come around on your defense now, which was your weak point, of course. Then you get Brandon Cooks on your offensive attack. 
Cooper Cup goes down this season, so Brandon Cooks picks up a lot of the slack. Robert Woods shows up. Todd Gurley, of course, we all know he could have been an MVP candidate had he not played less in the playoffs, of course. And then, of course, you also have C.J. Anderson come alive now. He gets a one-year deal, signs to this team. He's already won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, and now he could have another one. But the Rams this season were great. Not a lot of mistakes until, of course, the end of the season, of course, losing to Philly. Uh, that was a big one, of course. Uh, another one, they did lose to to the Saints, of course, in the regular season. Yes. They kept relating back to that game, of course, during the game. Of course, they lost to the Bears. We always talk about this high-powered offense for the Rams, and they got six points when they were up against the Bears. But I think the big one that I guess put the Rams on the map was, of course, probably the Chiefs' first Rams game, the Monday Night Massacre, basically. 54 to 51. Uh, that game was in, <laughs> that game was crazy. I still think that, in my opinion, there's no defense in that game whatsoever. Even Four touchdowns were... for golf, six for Mahomes, just to put it in perspective. Thank you for interrupting me. So, <laughs> you asked me, right? No. They go to the playoffs. They get a first round by the second, the second seat behind the New Orleans Saints. Lots of people are seeing the Bears come to town, though. Of course, that doesn't happen. They play the Cowboys. Oh, happy day. They beat the Cowboys up, run it down their throats, and then they play the New Orleans Saints. And to me, I wanted to see a Brady versus Brees matchup. I wanted to in the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people wanted to. But it didn't turn out that way. And now the Rams are in the Super Bowl on probably one of the most controversial calls we'll ever see in an NFL game. Well, I, I'm on the post whether who should have made it in, all based on a bad call, because both teams are great. Yes. I would have loved to see Breeze and Brady face off, but it, it came down to a no call. And if that no call would have been called, then it would have been most likely the Saints and the Patriots. But... Still, I'm happy for the Rams, but should I really be happy because they won off a no call? For me, I have to look at it like this. Had the, Ra- the the Saints were up by 13 points. I'm not giving them a break on this game whatsoever. They were up by 13 points. They lost that lead. Their defense gave their offense the ball back after their first drive. They they could have scored two touchdowns. They settled for field goals. And then, of course, there were other missed calls that people will point out, like the face mask missed call on Jared Goff. But I see that more of as a bang-bang play than anything. But this call, it is hard for an NFL franchise or just a team in general to lose two years in a row. And I'm going to say it, Joss, on some straight bullshit. Like, it, it really is. For two straight years now, they the New Orleans Saints have lost because of controversy. The Minneapolis Miracle, or whatever you want to call it, last year against the Minnesota Vikings, Marcus Williams tries to make a big hit, and Stephon Diggs is running it into the end zone in the playoffs. That happens. And then this year... Uh, what whatever you want to people will say it's a bang bang play for the love of god he makes contact to the head he's not playing the ball he's playing the receiver and also just the way that the defender looks whenever he stares at the ground after the play is over he's like i just messed up 
and yeah. nothing's called. Yeah, like it it was either a head to head or a pass interference and neither was called. And I'm hearing reports all over saying that the head of officiating is out the door. Al Riveron is probably gone after that big mistake. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I I mean a change after that uh and they're talking about reviewing PIs and stuff. That's another thing I'd like to see added, but um yeah, definitely something needs to change because that was a blatant miscall. Yeah, yeah, and I was talking to my dad about this, that there really has to be a change in these no calls because you could see the, the uproar in the stadium of just, of just they can't look at the video board. They can't do it. It is one of the biggest rules for an NFL official. You are not allowed to look at a video board and throw a flag after that. You can't. It is a big rule. But what I'm saying is there has to be some sort of review system here. You ever see when an intentional grounding happens? You'll see the rest group up and they'll say, what did you see? What did you see? Is it really intentional grounding? And then they'll make the call for that from there. There are four refs in the vicinity of this ball going towards number 11, Lewis, and nothing is called. Yeah. Nothing is called. There has to be, I don't know how each ref saw the same type of angle that justified a no call. And then there's all these reports about uh, they live in Southern California, right? So that means that they're Rams fans, right? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> they're human. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna march on the town hall with a pitchfork and hopefully <laughs> kill them. No, they're human. We all mess up. But like I said, it but is hard for a team to lose two years in a row on controversy. It is. Especially when the Saints were just as good a team the previous season as they were this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised after this season if they were to add in PI reviews and some more things to help make the game better. And Sean Payton even said the league office literally called him after the game yeah. and said... They just blew the call. They blew it. They and blew they announced the it after the game, too. And there was a rule saying, Roger, replay the game. Let's <laughs> replay this game. We have to replay a whole 60-minute game. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I was like, man, there's no way that's going to happen. But, it, you know, besides the point, I, I like to see that the Rams made it to the Super Bowl. As you know, Sean McVay, former Redskins offensive coordinator. This guy in his Redskins, I'm telling you, he'll give me every single freaking Redskins coach. Yeah, there are like three other coaches for the Redskins too, including former defensive coordinator Joe Barry. All I care about is the get-back coach from the Rams because oh, he's yeah. got a great job. That, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> is that actually a job, do you think, a get-back coach? It's probably. He probably has a bigger role, though, like strength and conditioning-wise. Oh. He's probably a strength coach, but he does that on the sidelines for the game. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that's nobody a, just hires somebody to pull somebody back off a sideline. Hey, nobody that, does that'd that. That'd be a good job for me, pull back. Coach. If that pays like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I need to apply. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was going to say let's move on to the team that just doesn't stop making it to the Super oh, Bowl. Oh yeah, and that that's why I wanted to bring Coach Mentir into the mix because. The Patriots, they, I mean, this is their third consecutive Super Bowl in a row. They lost last year to Philly. 
In the year before that, was it Atlanta? I can't keep Yes, track. they completed the greatest comeback in yes. Super Bowl history. Yes. yes, in overtime. So the Patriots, I mean, their season overall, 11-5. and five. This is considered to be one of the worst seasons that the Patriots have had in recent 11 years. 11-5? Uh, yes. For a worst season, that's pretty good, to be honest. Yes. But, um, some games I want to go over, though. Um, the Jags. In the start of the regular season, beat the Patriots, the and then they come off two consecutive losses. The Lions, Matt Patricia, as the head coach Student of the Lions, beats teacher, I guess. Yeah, twenty six to ten. Both and those then the, teams are sitting at home. And then the Jags play the Patriots. Then, so and then the Chiefs play the Patriots in the regular season. That was a nail biter, but um, I mean. You, you know, other games, the Miami Miracle. So they were, what were they? 11 and 5. So five losses, including your Steelers. You were there. But um, I mean, the Patriots still overcame all that. You know, the Miami Miracle, all those losses. And the, they're in the Super Bowl. Are you shocked? No. After the Jaguars loss, what did I, what did I say on this show many times? They're a bad franchise, so what are they going to do? Oh, we just beat the defending AFC champs. We don't have to worry about anything, right? And what did the Patriots say? We're on to Detroit. Yeah, because at, after of. a loss, they they just let it go and prepare for the next They're game. They're human. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Oh, you lose a game. Tom Brady has lost plenty of games. And, oh, God, if you can't – if 11-5 season can't suffice for a good year – I don't know if you should be a New England Patriots fan. I mean, fan. that sounds like a good year. You know, I, I'm not sure why everybody else Redskins, is. yes, I'm sure it is. <sighs> okay, okay. <laughs> but, Coach Mintier, turning to you, what makes the Patriots such a great franchise, in your opinion? Because you've followed them um, along with your Bears and other, other teams. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they're more than a great team, but what makes them so darn great? Well, I think it's the structure of their organization. It's not made like most NFL organizations. For example, like the, the biggest thing there is, you know, they don't have a general manager. They don't have, they've eliminated the middleman. So you have a coaching staff that sits together to try and find the pieces that fit into their system. And they don't have to go after these big-name guys. They don't have to have, you know, uh, top-name guys. They, they have looked at guys in the past. I mean, look at uh, the, the guy from the Brown. What was his name? Josh, uh, Josh uh, Gordon. Josh yeah, Gordon. Josh I Gordon. mean, they, you know, that was an experiment. They tried out a, a Albert Hainsworth back in the day. I mean, yeah. so they have, they've taken a look at a, a lot of guys. But, it, but at the same time, they've also gotten rid of guys that are exceptionally well. You can go all the way back to the – to the release of Richard Seymour um, after their Super Bowl win because, you know, he was a free agent and he wanted a shot at more money. Look at Danny Amendola. He wanted a shot at more money. And and those guys, the the, the Patriots don't see it as we need to keep one superstar. We, we just need to keep the consistency that, that fits our system. And they do it without a general manager um, and because their coaching staff is so well, so, so well versed on that. Um, and I don't think they count wins and losses. I'm, at, at the end of the day, I don't think they count them. They just pile up because their system works. You got a guy like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a pretty special guy back there. He finds a way to win. I don't know, I don't know how many guys can do this at age 41 with the competitive spirit that he has. Um, 
they talk about him being the first into the locker room all the time. He's the first guy there. So he sets the example for a lot of, a lot of the other players. Now, that's not to say that they don't have really good players around them. They do have good players. But Tom Brady sets a you know, pretty positive example. Uh, one of the other things that they do is if you, if you watch how they prepare for games, they're single game preparations. They don't prepare, this is our defense, we're just going to do this with our defense this year. This is the defense that we will use against XXX teams. They have game-specific preparations. I don't think all NFL teams do that. Um, and, it, and unfortunately, it catches you, you know. Um, and so it, at the end of the day, it, it causes problems for the Patriots at times. I mean, you run up against a, a Detroit Lions team that you are statistically and athletically should be better than. But they take you to the woodshed because your game plan specific to them was not effective. Um, and, and it's not – you look at the, the Detroit Lions and they've got special players over there too. So there, I think there's a lot of things that go into, uh, go into the Patriots' success. And one of them starts with the system, and that's created by Belichick. Uh, you, how can you disregard what he's created in, in football? You know, he, he's cut from the Bill Parcells mold. He, comes, he drops out of that tree. And he's coached the greatest defensive player to ever play the game in Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I mean, he coached Lawrence Taylor. Yes. So uh, you look at what he brings to the table and his body of knowledge, um, and phew, I don't know that you can compare other coaches in the NFL to what Belichick has accomplished. I just don't – that's just a hard sell to me. <laughs> and I love the Bears, and I love Matt Nagy, and I love what, the, what they're doing in this, this approach, that, this new approach to the Bears' offense. I love that. But what Belichick has been able to do for 20 years, the Patriots organization, that's, that's astounding to me. And I want to add one more thing to his thing. You're to not his... allowed to. You're not allowed to do that. Sorry. <laughs> Don't overstep, overstep your father like that. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about how, like, you'll see these organizations that bring in these big-name contracts, yeah. and they treat them yeah. like freaking royalty. They do. What does Tom Brady do? Bill Belichick doesn't give a damn who he is. He wants to win the next football game. Yeah. And Tom Brady will say this. I get coached just as hard as anybody else on the team. Yeah. There's nobody who gets coached harder than Well, that's than the level of ex expectation he, comes to the, he brings to the game. So, yes. Uh, and so you get these big-name guys that show up there, and, you know, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. I mean, Randy Moss fit in like a hand in a glove. Darrell Revis. Uh, Revis, yes. you know. Hey, look, you take a look at – he's not a super awesome player, but look at LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, one of the things that I think that Belichick is unique at is finding consistency in players. Um, that is true. You know, he just tries to find those consistent players, and sometimes it comes across lower, lower draft choices, and that to me is special. Other teams have not been able to do that. Rex Burkhead is another example. Yeah, he's, well. a, he's like a, a – a, a retread guy. He was banged up a lot when he was with Cincinnati, and now he comes to the to the Patriots. And he was a little banged up this season, but when you look at his receiving ability and his running ability, he's just another he's just another bullet in the gun, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, in your opinion, how much longer do you think this Belichick and Brady duo will be around? Well, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's 41. I yeah, mean, he's yeah, good, yeah. but he is getting old. When, when do you think it's time for him to call Hold it quits? Hold on a sec, though. <laughs> I hope you understand <laughs> that since he's gotten older, he's gotten better. Since he's 
since 2010, he's won the MVP two times. If he came out of the if he came into the NFL in 2001 and he was 21 at that time, or 2000 and he was 21 at that time, that means about 10 years later he was 31 years old, and since then he's won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, and two MVP awards. Tom Brady has gotten better with age. But I think everybody looks at him from a statistical standpoint and. And then, and then you see when you have a bad statistical day, sometimes it doesn't always come out. You know, you, you come out on the losing end. And you saw him play against Detroit or you saw him play against um, uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. And he looked out of sorts like he was not ready to play. And, you know, I don't know. To say how long he'll play, <laughs> he has said repeatedly that this, the, the Super Bowl will not, even if they win, he, that's not the end. He said, well, not. His whole thing was once he turned 40, it would be a five-year a five-year plan to, to leave the game. So he's hmm. looking at at least three more him. seasons, four seasons. Well, I, I mean, I, I, CJ, going back to you, I, I wasn't trying to make that point to be like, oh, Tom Brady's old, he stinks. But, you know, the human— Like, like Nikel Roby Coleman, who made the <laughs> comment yesterday about like— <laughs> About did you hear about that? Uh, I heard a little bit. The yeah. man has six career starts. <laughs> Tom Brady could possibly win his sixth Super Bowl, so that means in the amount of Super Bowl wins that he possibly could have, that'll equal this guy's. Yeah, they starts. they jumped on him at the the Super Bowl live. I've been watching some of the episodes on on the ESPN channels, sports channels, and they were talking they were talking to him about that, and you could see him re pedal backwards on the statements he made about Brady. He said he had nothing but respect for him, um, <laughs> that he is he's good in this and that. Because I think people were pretty much going, you're going to say that about Tom Brady? And CJ just said, you know, you have six career starts, and <laughs> and Brady's been to six, nine, nine Super Bowls. Yeah, but <laughs> – Football does take a toll on you, you Absolutely. know, Absolutely. With, the, so. with the, the tackles and stuff. So, sure. I mean, you, you know, how much can the human body take in Tom Brady's case, you know? Sure. Well, if he play well, if it's like Kansas City, he'll play for 20 years because he wasn't touched. Yeah, he didn't The guy touched. wasn't touched. Of course, he got a personal foul penalty <laughs> that was absolutely awful. Yeah. Hit to the head, right? More yeah. like hit to the chest. But <laughs> I'm saying is that Tom Brady, I believe the guy. I really do because he is one of those players that I don't understand how he does it. But he keeps his body in tip-top shape condition. But, God damn, he can't run worth, worth a lick. <laughs> I don't understand. But, yeah, it, that's what I'm getting at is mm-hmm. that I believe the man because he's proven time and time again, stop doubting me. Seriously, I think got to get over it. I think one of the things about him is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to quite put it into perspective. They always you, you think about NFL players, and they're always one hit away from being done, like Gronkowski. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, he, he, we talk about the way he gets tackled, and everybody goes low on him because he's such a big guy. I mean, you're six seven, two sixty, and and six six or whatever, and you got got to go low you're a smaller db you can't go up there and you know and try and take him out of the chest you're just not it's not going to be effective but brady you know i think about that same way with brady you know he talks about this five-year plan and that he's not going to walk away until he feels he's ready to walk away that he physically can't do it anymore you know he talks about a five-year plan but it's just like anything else you're, you're only one hit away 
it could happen. It could happen at the Super Bowl. He could take a shot, and, and uh, you know, crazier things have happened. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't want to see that happen. But no, I mean, yeah, the Patriots are. I mean, in my opinion, like I, I mean, I, I used to be a hater because I hated to see them win every year. Oh, but, me too. I yeah. used. To, I'm a Steelers fan. I used to say like, up. Oh, we're not going to the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's still in the freaking league. Yeah. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, but I, I've can't come to embrace the fact that the Patriots are not just an average team. They're not just a good team. They're not just an awesome team. They're not just a great team. Get to the point, man. <laughs> They're above greatness. They're the greatest NFL franchise ever. Well, they are. You, you listen to... Robert Kraft, the owner of them, and he said it took them 25, almost yeah. 30 years in the NFL just to establish what the, what the organization could do. And he's like, we're not about to take a step back because at the end of the day, we're, we're, our concern is winning mm -hmm. and putting our players in the best position to win with the best coach and the best quarterback. And that's, that's, that's tough, to, tough to beat, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope they win. It, Will it break my heart to see the Rams win? No, but uh, I don't know. I would like to see the Patriots win. And then this, I'm, my final point, talking about the Patriots, but or or just talking about this segment in general. I look, I, I keep looking at what he said. They care about wins, and that's where I put Tom Brady. I don't care that Aaron Rodgers has the best passer rating in NFL history, the lowest interception rating in NFL history, only has 80 interceptions. He has the best arm in football. How many times has he won? How many times has he gotten his team down to the last drive to set up and win the game? And Tom Brady has done that time and time again. He has been in the league for 18 years, and he has gone to his ninth Super Bowl now. That means that's a two-to-one ratio of years to Super Bowls. Come on, Justin isn't strong with math. Sorry. <laughs> so if you carry the one, Josh, then that means that oh – No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm saying that wins is the only thing that matters. He doesn't care about his stat line. They don't care. They have banners up on the stadium that show, just shut your mouth because you don't even compare. Yeah. You don't compare. And that's, that's what I'm saying. But uh, continuing on the Patriots season, the playoffs, we were like, oh, no, the Chargers, they, they dominated the Ravens, right? They're nah. going to have a shot in this game. No. They're going to have a shot in this game. Well, the score line says 41-28 to 28 here for that <laughs> game. But oh man! <laughs> but who let the so, dogs out? Sorry, there's a there's a bird that flew into the window next to us. No, forty-one to twenty-eight was the score line. That doesn't do justice to actually what the game was. It was thirty-five to seven at the half that the Damn. Patriots were winning. There was no there was no contest. We don't need to talk about that because we already have the Damn. Chiefs game. Though this is where this is where I really get irritated. Though is that. When Line people... up on side, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Coach, I know you'd have a fit if that was one of ours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what level it is. You have to do your job and, and do it well. And if you're a rushing specialist and you don't know that you're not offsides. I don't care what they say about him in taking alignment based on the tackle. You can see the ball. 
Yeah. And if you're not looking at the ball, <laughs> what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Yeah. But but as I was saying, this is where I really get irritated. Is that like the overtime rules need to be changed? They need to be changed. They really? do. Really? They do. Because they wouldn't be talking about it had the Chiefs gotten the ball first and scored. They wouldn't be talking about it. But since Tom Brady got the ball first, it's over. It's no, over. But still, Rules need to be changed who now. Who cares? Need to be changed. We already saw it happen in the Super Bowl. We can't let it happen I, again, I bet right? you. I bet you everybody in Foxborough would be like, oh, Pat Mahomes got the ball, but Tom Brady didn't get the ball once. Yeah, but nobody the would overtime, care because it's like, oh, you guys win all the time, so the, shut up. The overtime rules need to be changed so each team has a chance to possess the football. The it's rules the are fine. Way. The rules are fine. If you didn't have the 31st-ranked defense and actually stop somebody all year, we wouldn't be in this situation. You have the 31st ranked defense. What do you else have to say? Like I said, if the Chiefs got the ball first and scored, nobody would have an issue. I would have all you have to do is hold them to, to a field changed. goal. You have to hold them to a field goal. But as he said, you have the 31st ranked defense and you line up offsides on a third and five. That's the type of defense you're going up against. Yeah, that's the decision the maker right fine. there. But the rules are fine. The rules are fine. You have to hold them to a field goal. That's all you do. An average defense or an above-average defense would be able to stop them. But because you're the 31st-ranked defense and you make it to the AFC Championship game, the rules need to be changed to, to cater to you? Stop somebody then, huh? No, but would it, would it be so bad if they held the team to the field goal and the other team came back. Uh, no, wait. They already do that. But they it, do that. Okay, That's why no, I'm saying. No, but with a touchdown. If the other team drives down, scores a touchdown, why can't the other team try to do the same thing? Because this is be what just I'm like talking a ball game, about. Sudden death. Because this is what I'm talking about. We wouldn't be having this discussion had the Patri- had the Chiefs got the ball first. And I keep going back. This is the 31st ranked defense. They just fired the defensive coordinator because he screwed the whole season away. We wouldn't be having this discussion had, because no one's talking about the Saints game. Drew Brees got the ball first. Yeah, and he threw a pick. Yeah, exactly. He tried going So the Rams, down. had the Rams scored then? Would, should the Saints have gotten the ball back? It's only fair, right? Yes, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> you have proven yourself to score... And you don't need to give the other team the ball back. I don't care about the, the, the coin flip and everything. So it comes down to a coin flip, whoever wins. If the pa- the Patriots won Stop that them game then! Off- Stop them! <laughs> don't have the 31st ranked defense! All right. So, so a coin flip and the Patriots win. That's what you're saying. Yes, because you have a bad defense. All right. Defense wins championships. I still think the rules need to be changed in overtime. Seriously. And I still feel that had the Chiefs scored, no one would be Do you like no the way college football does their overtime? In a way, yes. But I also feel that... Or do you think college football... Do you think if Alabama won overtime in a coin flip, went down and scored, that it'd be the same thing? They get the ball at the 25-yard line, though, Josh. Yeah, but still... That's not no, but this is different though because no, they if get the college ball- played by NFL rules in overtime. If Alabama won the coin flip, it'd be the same situation. Yes, everyone would be talking. It's because oh, you guys win all the time, so why not get some luck involved? Yeah, you can't you can't talk. When you look at the penalties versus the two teams, there were ten penalties in that game. 
and six of them were against the Patriots for 61 yards. There were only four penalties against the Chiefs for 28 yards. So it's not like the the you know everybody says the Patriots paid the reps. You know, um, <laughs> it's more like Dallas. Well, what, what do you what do you think then about this rule change thing? What for overtime? Yes. Rule, changing overtime? Yes. Yeah. If I, a team scores a touchdown first, should the other team get the ball? Well, you know, we ended up with how many ties this year? Three ties, I think there were in the NFL this year. At the beginning of the season, yeah, the Steelers yeah, I, were in one. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think they need to eliminate ties. I, I think they need to find a way to eliminate ties. And one of the ways to do it is to do it just like the college, the college teams. Yeah. Because you're ultimately going to get to a winner, period. You're just going to get to a winner. And I think that's the that's the biggest thing that that people want to see as a winner. Nobody wants to see a tie because yeah. it just messes. Agree with that. When you look at the end of the season, look at all the different options and scenarios that were run because of the number of teams with ties. So I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I could really care less. I watched the games regardless, yeah. but I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means if they change it. And then also, if you knew the calls that Tony Romo was making up in the booth, you would win the game then, right? <laughs> because every call that he was making, it was happening. Hey, guess what? Tony so, Romo is going to be in the Super Bowl. He, he's been waiting to say that yeah. for like three weeks now. He's been waiting Tony to say that. Tony finally made the big game. He huh? made it to the Super uh, what Bowl. What a great commentator. What a what a great, insightful commentator. Oh, Everybody, man. A lot of people knock him, but I, I just like his style. I wish he talked like that more because he just un understands the game and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, he's yeah. a Better great commentator. It's not like it's, – and it's also not like uh, uh, Tony Romo just showed up to do the game. You know, he goes to the practices. He sees what they do. He talks with the players, things like that. Um, and having played in the league for as long as he did, he understands concepts and formations and tendencies. He understands all of those things. So – you know what? Uh, more power to him. I think that's I think that's awesome. Well, yeah, Tony Romo, he has filled into Phil Simms's role great. <laughs> yeah, I, wasn't I, much to fill in. Yeah, I, I guess so. But um, anyways, um, Wade Phillips, former Cowboys head coach, was interviewed, asking, "What's your game plan?" And he responded, um, "I." I no, I, I'm not going to say directly because I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines of, I'm going to have an earpiece, and Tony Roma is going to tell me what plays are going to be called. <laughs> and I, I thought that was I, – I, that made my day. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Tony Roma, though, he's yeah. going to make it to the Super Bowl. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like that. Who yeah. do you got winning, Josh? No, no. Before we go there, what what does each team have to do in order to win this football game? I don't think people are giving the Patriots offensive line enough credit here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you, really don't. I'll, I'll tell you what. And Dominic Sue and freaking uh, Aaron Donald are they're special. Those guys. Oh, yeah. Those they we talk about them that that's your war daddies those are the guys who go toe to toe play after play after play um they get it done um and i think that's the biggest key to this game is can they protect uh brady well enough so that he can get rid of the ball as quickly as he's done in the past if you can't get to him you're going to have a hard time beating them yep defense wins championships and at the you same know. on the same side and the same side i think I think the Patriots, if they can solve the Patriots' run game, uh, that will also add a, a big 
you know, feather in the cap to the Rams because that's what they're going to have to do. And the Patriots, I think the Patriots have to play in their secondary and with their linebackers. I, have, I think they have to be able to match up and bring pressure on golf and do things that they do to other quarterbacks um, to create problems for them. Uh, you could see that with, with um, what's his name from the Chiefs? Um, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. Uh, I can't believe I just forgot his name, but that he's, happens. He's I'm only getting older, the MVP. Son. <laughs> I'm getting older, son. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you could see that they did things to confuse him. They got pressure on him at times. Um, they were able to, to, to make plays on him. He was able to make plays because he's so special that there are certain factors you can't account for. Um, and one of them is his feet <laughs> and what he's able to do with his feet, which yeah. is which is pretty special. But you saw what they did to what they did to the Chargers. They didn't have to worry about um, Rivers' feet. So they played great defense and, and just held them in check pretty much all day, playing sound defense. I think those are the keys, the offensive line. And can they confuse golf enough to get some pressure on him, get some sneaky pressure, and slow down their run game? Because the Patriots' front has not been special. It's not been, uh, you know, Vince Wilfork stuffing the run up there, playing that hard one technique. You don't have that. So, you know, Trey Flowers and a couple of other guys in, in the interior have to get it done in order to slow down uh, Gurley and, and Anderson. Those are going to be huge keys. I think, uh, you know, maybe now that I'm talking about it, maybe that's the key to the game is who can run the ball effectively. Yes, because last week um... – when the Rams played the Saints, wait, uh, I'm actually going to pull this up because this is something I um, want to talk about here. Um, the run game for the Rams, it was, I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, l- let me pull it up here. Um, the run game, only 77 yards rushing. In, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, if you want to have a good shot of winning, you need to feed the ball to Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, hands down. You need to have a game like they did against Dallas. You need to feed them the ball and protect the quarterback, too. And for the Patriots, they need to protect their quarterback because yeah. in Sue and the rest of their defense, it's going to... They can bring pressure. Yeah. They do. If they, br- if they bring pressure to Tom Brady, it's going to be an interesting game because, as CJ said before, defense wins championships. Yeah. You said that before? Yeah. Mm. Only a couple times. Mm. Yeah, but. If you don't score any points, you're not winning any championships either. Yeah. That you got to score points. That and if true. you don't stop anybody, you're not winning championships uh, either. Yeah, yeah. but. The Rams are going to have to run the trenches in order to have a chance to win this game. That's what happened to the Patriots last year against the Eagles. They couldn't stop anything. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Who we got winning here? I don't know. I don't, I, part of me sees it a really close game. It could come down to a Gostowski field goal. Uh, I don't know. I, I see a three-point margin. And I'd like to think that the Patriots are good enough to hang on for that three-point margin. I don't expect it to be a blowout. I don't expect it to be anything um, unspectacular. I think it's. I think they match up pretty well. In fact, that's what I don't know. What, what are the Patriots listed as a two-point favorite or two and a half-point favorite? 
Los Angeles is 52.5 favored over 47.6. So it's two and a half, so yeah. and a half and point. points. Yeah. So you get the Patriots in two and a half. Uh, you know, that's a pretty close, pretty close bet. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, I mean, it's hard to say the Patriots are going to lose two Super Bowls in a row. I mean, that's just crazy to think that <laughs> – they that would actually happen. So, I, it's look at get- their path to getting to the Super Bowl. You know, it is not. It was not a spectacular path. Yeah. It, it once it got to the end of the regular season, what they did against uh, Buffalo and what they did against the Jets, they were just getting tuned up. And once you get the bugs worked out of stuff, you become more effective. You become a better a better team with you know all your goals in place. Then when they got to the playoffs, you know. You get a first round bye. You heal up. I did see on on ESPN that um, they're on. They released injury injury reports for the game. The Patriots have zero injuries, none. They have come for the first time in a long time all season. They come to a game with no injuries. So that's wow. that's got to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, but I it, it's going to be a really close game in my opinion. But but that's only if. The Rams run the trenches because that that's going to be the key of the game. But uh, as much as I really don't want to see him win, I think the Patriots are going to win because it's going to be tough to be in two Super Bowls and lose twice in a row. I'm picking the Patriots on the main focus that the Rams don't deserve to be here mm. because – Oh, you're going I, back to the I still, penalty call. I still am. I still am. Really? I, re- I really it, am. Even though it's not the Rams or the Saints' fault, it's the officials not calling it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I still am. No, I, I'm just asking. What, yeah. What, I think but, experience goes to the Patriots as well. You know, yes, you got a couple yeah. of guys with a lot of experience there. I mean, I, I think the Rams have, what, five or six players that have been to the Super Bowl, have been to a game of this magnitude. And two or three of those guys are former Patriots players, mm-hmm. in Akeem Talib and and um, uh, what's Brandon Cooks. Name? Brandon Cooks, yeah, yeah. So. Experience that that's that's another big thing. But um, you you're really picking the Patriots because the Rams don't deserve yes. to be there. Yes, okay. I literally watched a game. It's an emotional game. He's got to go with an his emotional emotion. game. <laughs> okay. I watched a game, and I and I basically just. Quit your crying. Quit your crying. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Let's, yeah. I, getting off of the topic of this Super Bowl, though. Well, wait. B- before, I, I, I want to ask you something. You always do. Yeah. Are you starting to get a little bit scared that the Patriots are going to pass the Steelers nope. for most Super Bowls ever? Nope. Really? I don't care. You don't care. No, oh, okay. I'm not a. Fa- I'm not in the fandom long enough. Have have been having been around him all his life. I, I've seen a change in that whole demeanor towards the Steelers and how the Steelers do things. Because uh, I used to think that when I was a huge fan, when I was a huge fan, I would always blame the Patriots and say like they're the reason that we don't succeed in this and that and this and that. And then actually looking at it, and I go, dude. They're just freaking good, and you can't do anything about it unless you beat them. You want to be in the Super Bowl? You got to beat them. Mm-hmm. 
Every se- both the years in the early don't leave, them, don't leave them around at the end exactly. of the season. You leave them around at the end of the season, and you're going to be in for uh-huh. you know struggle. Yeah. The two years that we won the Super Bowl, we didn't have to face the Patriots. In 2005 and 2008, the Patriots, you know who they played in the AFC Divisional game? Who? The Broncos. They didn't play us, and they lost to the Broncos. In 2008, they didn't even make the playoffs because that was the one year that Tom Brady was injured. Yeah, they, got they that still went hit towards ACL. They still went that. 11 and five that year, but wow. they didn't make the Matt playoffs Castle. with Matt Castle. So I have come to the realization that I'm I don't care. They're the best franchise in the NFL. Uh-huh. They are, and there's no question about it. All right. So moving right along here, before we get into some more Super Bowl talk, um, I wanted. I, I don't know if you heard, but the Redskins hired Rob Ryan. Did they really? Yeah. Oh boy. Inside linebackers coach. Oh boy. And um, that they promote. Who was it they promoted? I forgot his name. I don't know. O'Donnell? You're the freaking Redskins. O- O'Connell. Guy. O'Connell. Yeah, O'Connell. O'Connell. I was thinking he, O'Donnell. O'Connell. Something. Yeah, he he's the new offensive um, offensive line coach. As these, who let the dogs out, but. Uh, yeah, but O'Connell, um, he's pretty young, but, you know, just some Redskins news for you. Um, yeah, um, we're gonna take a quick break, actually. Um, I actually have my interview with Dan Gloucester of Fox Sports 1550. We'll run that clip, and right after that, we will be right back with you. Um, once again, you're listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Josh Kirby back with you on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast brought to you by Rat 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores, Martin's, Food Lion, and Giant, and make sure you check out their new salt and pepper chips. I'm here with Dan Gloucester, um, Fox Sports 1550 on the radio. And Dan, thanks once again for joining me on the phone. And what can you tell me so far about this high school season so far? Um, Hanley and Millbrook, I here for the boys' side are doing pretty well. The girls' side, not too sure, but um, I, I think there's been a lot of success in the area. What can you tell us so far about the vet basketball scene? Sure, Josh. Appreciate you being or uh, you let me on the uh, the podcast. Um, as far as the girls go, you, know, you got Millbrook at the top. Uh, lost just a couple of games to some teams out of the area. They pretty much dominated uh, the. Uh, area schools um i believe they are about 14 and two um you got a really good point guard freshman avery o'roke and uh also allison hauck they're a junior power forward and then you got uh hanley i think uh they're next up uh as far as the picking order goes uh just two years ago they won two games total and randy jones has them playing really well they are uh on their way to a uh second or third place finish in the district. James Wood, Krista Kreitz is their head coach, and uh, they're playing really well. They got a junior in Michaela Fireball, went over 1,000 points, and uh, they split with Hanley. Um, Again, they were dominated by Millbrook as well, so uh, I'd say they're next up. And then Sharando, uh, Mike Marsh's squad, they're young, but uh, they're they're feisty. They've uh, won some games, I think, that they maybe should not have, and uh, been in some games and uh, lost, uh, you know, where they could have actually won. So uh, that's the girls' side. On the boys' side, you got uh, the Haley boys. Um, they're perfect in district play, uh, and they have defeated Millbrook already once, and they got a big one tomorrow night against the Pioneers. 
uh, Kevin Curry. Uh, he's their, he's their uh, small forward. He can dunk pretty much at will, uh, both off alley oops and uh, just in the in the court. Uh, he's going to go to JMU as I um, uh, just so you know. He's going to go to JMU and play football. Uh, just verbally committed there, uh, and they got some really really good players, including DeAndre James. Millbrook boys, they're next. Um, they did just lose to Kettle Run, but uh, they're very competitive. Got 14 wins on the season. And uh, they can do play Hanley Thursday night. So if they have any hope of one of the district, going to have to beat the judges then at Millbrook. Uh, Sharando's had a really kind of a roller coaster season. And uh, they uh, uh, they uh, struggled at times. But uh, I think coming down the, head str- the home stretch, uh, they're going to maybe get a little bit of momentum. And then the James Wood boys just having a, a real tough season, Josh. They are 0-17, and uh, there's a pretty good chance they're not going to win a game. So nobody wants to go through that. But unfortunately, Tim Wygant's uh, young Colonel squad is doing just that. I see. Well, um, everything going well in the broadcast booth. I'm I'm hoping that the games you've been catching are really exciting for you all. A- any um, good games that stand out to you? Uh, yeah, the uh, the Sharando Hanley girls game was a really good one. Um, that one right down to the wire. Hanley was down by like 14 at the start of the fourth period and came back and won by two. There was uh, James Wood and Hanley girls went double overtime, and uh, that was won by James Wood in the end. And then the Hanley Millbrook game that was real real competitive, uh, 50. 447 was the final, but that score was, uh, that game was undecided uh, with less than a minute to go. So, uh, so yeah, those are three that really stand out, stand out to me. Well, that, that is great. So if um, you haven't already, make sure you check them out on the radio, foxsports1550.com and iHeartRadio. Uh, when's your next game? Uh, we actually have a game as we record right now, uh, Josh, on Wednesday. We've got a game at Sharando tonight. James Wood at Sharando girls game at six boys at around seven thirty, but probably closer to eight because it is senior night. All right, yeah. With the snow, they still managed to get that game, and so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, they're closed. Yep, they're going to play them. Yep. So um, moving on from high school basketball, I want to talk about a little Super Bowl. So it's going to be the Rams and the Patriots, as we talked about earlier in the season in the press box at Arrowhead, that um, you thought the Patriots would be in the mix. And sure enough, they are. So um, what do um, what are your thoughts? Who you think is going to come out victorious and win the Lombardi in Atlanta? Um, not that I want them to win, but I, I, I can definitely see the Patriots winning. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose two Super Bowls in a row for one thing. Um, I think they've got a good mix of run and pass. And uh, basically, if their line can keep Tom Brady upright and uh, and run block well for Sony Michelle and others, I think they've got a really, really good shot um, for the Rams to win. They've got to get pressure on Brady, and then they've got to be able to block uh, well for Jared Goff because, you know, he's a much younger Phillip Rivers in that he just really doesn't move that well in the pocket. And, um, you know, they ate up Phillip Rivers in the divisional round game, whereas Patrick Mahomes, even though the Chiefs lost, 
when he got out of the pocket, he really hurt the Patriots. And I just I don't see that Goff can have that ability to get get out of the pocket. So uh, I give uh, I give the Patriots uh, a decent edge. I'd say they'd win by seven or more. Yeah, and uh, my, my take on that is basically. The, I I don't think the Rams can pull it off if they played the way they did in the NFC Championship game because they they have to use Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson regardless on the ground game because in that game in Dallas, the game was won in the trenches. Right, right. Good points. Good points. Yeah. So um, yeah. So um, score prediction. Who you got and what's the score? Uh, I'd say. It's- Thirty-one to uh, twenty, Patriots. All right, and um, one last thing before we let you go: the Super Bowl, you, as you know, is a very great time where you can just sit down with family, watch some good football, and eat a bunch of snacks. So, uh, any traditions you have for the Super Bowl, and what is your favorite Snooper, uh, Super Bowl food? Go-to food. We usually get uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, one of our uh, faithful sponsors for years and years and years. We usually get B-dubs and sit down in uh, in the man cave, my son and I, and uh, watch the game and uh, just love the, uh, the traditional wings. And they've got uh, good onion rings as well. So that's kind of what uh, what I'm thinking we're going to do. Well, that is great. So, um, once again, that's Dan Gloucester um, on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Dan, thank you so much for your time once again. Sure, man. And uh, have a great call tonight, and hopefully we'll be catching you soon. Hi, buddy. Take care. All right. That was my interview with Dan Gloucester on the high school basketball scene and um, some Super Bowl talk as well. So we're back with you. We let the dogs upstairs. Thanks for that, Coach. So back with you, CJ and Coach. And what we're going to talk now about um, Super Bowl traditions. You know, su- the Super Bowl, it's like w- one of the greatest times of the year. You can eat your face out with junk food and stuff. So I, I sort of wanted to get your thoughts. What are your Super Bowl traditions? I know you have a nice big bar over here and a huge screen TV, so I'm sure you incorporate that. But um, the Mentir family, what do they usually do for the Super Bowl? Got to go with Dad's chili. Really? Yeah, I mix up a mean batch of chili. It's uh, it's a it's a crowd uh, a crowd favorite. I think uh, it's all right. <laughs> everybody that's ever had it has always told me that they've enjoyed it. Oh. The the thing for me though is that for the Super Bowl is that we haven't had a team of our of our favorites be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, in so a while. you can have fun. with So them. exactly, we like to just relax, have some people over, and enjoy the game. Basically, it's what makes the game fun. There, it was the most. It was the highly, excuse me. It was the most rated TV show or event. This entire year, what uh, this past year was the Super Bowl. So people want to say that the ratings are down for it, and the NFL's dying, and it's 
It's a load of crap, man. Yeah, the, like the the top three rated television shows all of last year were the AFC and NFC championship games, two separate games, and the Super Bowl. There's three out of the five top rated shows. I think one of them was another. It was a post game show. It was of a, the Super Bowl. It was the post, it was Super Bowl post game. That was four out of the five shows. So, I don't yeah. even know. I don't know who the fifth <laughs> bum was, but so, yeah. it didn't have anything to do with football. It's just so. the Super Bowl is always just a great yeah. time to have fun and just relax. Because it's also probably one of the deadest days of the year for retail stores, restaurants as well. Because people just want to watch it at their home or go to B-dubs or something like that. Yeah, definitely. But um, uh, so you have a lot of people over, I take it, with the huge barn, huge screen TV? Not all the time. Not all the time. But we, I mean, we we have a small Just like to entertain, basically, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I see. Because you have nothing at stake emotionally in the game or whatever. It's easy to just sit back and relax and you have a few... few cold beverages so to speak and uh, enjoy that chili i always like I, I can really get into a, a bowl of chili with some some corn chips and wow. man it's just something well anybody chi- else hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah but yeah. um chili does sound good but i have to go with chili con queso Okay. Queso. I mean, queso home, dip? He's no, trying to one-up you uh, here, man. No, <laughs> it, no, but it's homemade. It's not like store-bought. We make it with Velveeta onions oh, and stuff. Yeah, the whole Add some salsa. It's really darn good. Yeah. It tastes amazing. And like special occasions, week one of NFL when the Redskins play, we crack it open for that. And you Did know, you guys win? Yeah, against the Cardinals, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if they start losing, you really need to stop doing that then. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, once midway through the season, just to have it. And then the Super Bowl, you always make your chili con queso. So um, that's a really great tradition, and we usually try to have some people over, either go to our house or go to somebody else's house. It varies each and every year, but it's always a great time. And um, hot dogs, chili dogs last Last year. I don't know. I, it, it's I chili dog berries. sounds good. Chili dogs on a chili day. Yeah, chili Man. chili dogs. So uh, I mean, there's Seriously, a bunch of. Is anybody else hungry right now? I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. You hear my stomach rally? <laughs> <laughs> no, but chili con queso and just a I whole should, bunch of because I'm really chips. Right now. Oh yeah, we're going out to eat after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, what else? Um, you know. Uh, hot dogs, that's a good thing. Chicken Pizza. wings, of course. Yeah, wings. you got to go wings. We've done wings many, many times. Yeah. Um, what else is all? Meatballs. People love freaking Swedish meatballs. Those are always a good yeah. a good, good thing to have. Yeah, but the Super Bowl is just a great time. And the the traditions we have for the Super Bowl, it's a, it should be a holiday. Yeah, you don't, even, you don't even try to do it all at once. <laughs> you just kind of graze the whole time, you know? Yeah. And then by the end of the evening, about halftime, you're yeah. ready for round two. And then by then, you're ready to fall asleep if it's not a good game halfway through the third quarter because yeah. you just full up with good food. Yeah, so you, you have – the uh, um, the first half, then the Super Bowl halftime show. So, I mean, it, they get you hooked in all the time. And, you, you know, the weird thing I've seen on Facebook about this year, Pepsi sponsoring the halftime show in Atlanta. What's so big about that? 
Atlanta is the home of Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. So they're Pepsi's popping advertisements all over. (laughs) Hey, Coke, thanks for Atlanta. Thanks for that's right. They're doing the we have to ice the kicker, and they all crack open the cans of Pepsi Uh, and they ice the kicker. Yeah, so they're doing a lot of billboards bashing Coca-Cola in Atlanta. So, I did not know that. Yeah, it it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. But oh, you got the commercials too. You got your Super Bowl commercials. Oh yeah. Some are really good. Some are just right. they're just. You paid a lot of money a, for nothing. Yeah. Some of them are just a commercial <laughs> that that don't do much for me. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I very seldom do I watch the halftime show. I, I just yeah yeah. It, I mean it's it's all lip sync. It's a bunch of people standing around being loud. It's, I, I mean it's need to go to the bathroom and recalibrate for the next <laughs> half, right? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So. Super Bowl traditions right there, and we'll move straight into what was your top three greatest Super Bowls that you have witnessed, you have watched. Top three? Yeah. Uh, I know you're number one. I know you're number one. What is it? What's my number one? Uh, Seahawks-Patriots. No, that's not number one. Really? No, uh -uh. uh-uh. That that might be number two, maybe three. That might be three. But you've been around longer. Uh, so number one seen... is the Bears. I mean, you, you can see on the wall there. I love the Chicago Bears. I I just, everything about them. Which I one? The one winning or losing? Which one was the better one? <laughs> the one winning. Where they, gotcha. It, you know, it was just a completion of a great dominating season. Um, the Bears had a very special team that year. And so, uh, uh, you know, 1985 was a great year for the Chicago Bears. And I just can't wait for another one to happen. Hopefully it'll happen again <laughs> soon. Yeah. And then you got to say that the other two of my favorite games were probably the two Patriots uh, wins. The one where they come back and they get the pick by Butler gets the pick on the one yard line to preserve the win. And then obviously the, the 28 point or not 28, 28 25, to three. 25 point deficit. At that point, CJ, I'll tell you, I was so just put off by the game. I was bored. I, the Falcons were just dominating. They had a dominating performance. And then late in the third quarter, you just you just started to see things change. But I was had given up on the game by that point. And uh, I had to wait. My wife woke me up. And she's like, you're not going to believe this, but the Patriots are coming back. And I was like, whatever. And she goes, you don't understand. They're coming back. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I sprung up out of bed and I watched. I, I missed the 28 to 10, when they got to 10 and when they got to 17, oh I missed my. those twos. But then the, the rest of the scores I got, I watched all the way to the end. Both two-point conversions, those were huge. So those are, I would say in a nutshell, number one's got to be the Bears. Uh, Bear, number the two, Bears against who? Patriots. Oh, yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> Back when the Patriots were nothing. Right, where they were brutalized. <laughs> um and then uh, I got to go number two, probably the 25-point deficit, and then the, the pick at the one-yard line to seal the win against against the Seahawks when they should have Marshawn Lynch. They should have run Lynch yes. and, and, and had a better yes. had a better the question but they that, didn't. They should, still should have ran Marshawn Lynch, but yeah. no, they can't take that back. But an, another thing about the Super Bowl, you probably really enjoyed that Devin Hester run back on the first play of the game against the Colts. Yeah. That I, must have I been crazy. I remember watching that, but there wasn't a whole lot to, to cheer about after that. But it was, you know, yeah. hey, Peyton Manning got a big win, Got finally got his Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, it's, I didn't, it's one of those seasons where the Bears, they ended up there, but 
they didn't track through the entire season like this is going to be a force. This team is so good. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be a team to watch for. They ended up there, and unfortunately, they just didn't play well enough. But that, that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, and CJ, what about you? So for top three, I already know that number three is already considered probably the worst Super Bowl of all time. But my third favorite Super Bowl to watch was the Seahawks against the Broncos because all week long, all I heard was the Seahawks don't have a chance in this game. This is the most prolific offense we've ever seen. The Broncos, I would see them winning this game by multiple scores. And what I saw on that game was absolute domination by the Seahawks. This, the, there was no credit given to the Seahawks in the Legion of Boom. Why was there no credit given to them? And it was clear as day from the first snap, the fumble over Peyton Manning's head into the end zone for a safety, that it was clear as day that this was going to be a rude awakening for the, for the Broncos. That's, what, what was that, 49? It was 43-8. to eight. Oh, wait, no, it was Super Bowl 48. 48? 48, yes. Because I remember the Broncos came back in Super Bowl 50. Yes, this was in 48. This was when, this is a Super Bowl that's forgotten. You know, I totally forgot about that one. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that nobody gave the Seahawks, like, and it was 22 to nothing at halftime. Yeah, they went back to back. Then the next year they lose to the Patriots. The year before they win. So the thing is, is like, I saw this game. I was like, you guys literally didn't give this team a shot. Like, why? They, they're the number one seed in the NFC, and they go to the Super Bowl. How do they not have a shot? I, oh, do, I do remember that game because everybody's hyping up. Is it going to snow in New York? Yes, because it was in the New Meadowlands. Yeah. Yes, it was. Now I remember that. That's my number three. Just because I was like, dude, I'm picking the underdog in this game because no one's giving them any credit. My second favorite has to be the Steelers versus Cardinals Super Bowl. Not oh, yeah. because I'm trying to stay biased about that, but because – that was a Cardinals team that you were like, oh, my God, dude. Like, this Cardinals team is unreal. Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald, they had a duo going that year and into the playoffs as well. And, the, of course, the game was boring at some, at some points, but every football game is like that. But James Harrison having a 100-yard yes. interception return hey, for a touchdown right before gassed. the half. He was gassed. Oh, my gosh. And then – they go up 20-7, to seven, and then the Cardinals just storm back. And Larry Fitzgerald takes a slant pass 60 yards to the end zone. And I'm staring at the TV like, oh, my God, this is not about to happen. And, of course, <coughs> of course. Bless you, sir. What happens? Ben Roethlisberger and Santonio Holmes oh, yeah. complete a drive that I'll never forget. And probably, in my opinion, the greatest catch I have seen in Super Bowl history. Screw the helmet catch. That was all luck. Eli Manning and the Giants got lucky in that game with that throw. This game, this throw was into triple coverage, and it landed in his arms like this in the back corner of the end zone, gets his two feet down inbounds, and the Steelers win it basically there because there was 30 seconds left in the game. Yeah. And we were like, dude, this Super Bowl was ridiculous because no one expected the Cardinals of all teams to go this far and make it to a Super Bowl and make a game out of it, basically, and make a game out of it. But that's my number two. My number one is still Super Bowl Forty Nine because the Super Bowl that we saw with the Patriots against the Falcons, 
that was a tale of two halves to me. Yeah. It, it was kind of boring at the beginning because you're like, dude, the Patriots are getting blown out. Like, this isn't even fun to watch. But then, of course, you have a comeback in the end, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. The Seahawks versus Patriots game, you had the Seahawks coming off of a Super Bowl win against the Broncos. We could possibly see the first back-to-back Super Bowl winners since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. But anyways... It was exciting the entire game. The game was just Patriots score, 7-0. Seahawks tie it up, 7-7. Patriots go up, 14-7. Seahawks had a minute left in the half and scored with a minute left to tie it up, 14-14. Then the Patriot, then the Seahawks, they scored 10 points like that. They scored 10 points. And all you're thinking of is, is that, oh, my God, this, this Seahawks team is for real. And Tom Brady throws another interception. He threw two interceptions this game. But what happens? Tom Brady leads two touchdown drives. It's 28-24. And then you have a Javon Curse catch that literally the ball gets tipped up into the air. Javon Curse lands on his back and the ball lands into his arms. Oh, yeah. And all you can see is Tom Brady on the sideline going, not again. This is not happening again. Because the previous two Super Bowls, the David Tyree helmet catch that was stuck to his helmet, and then the Mario Manningham triple coverage catch down the sideline in the other Super Bowl. And now yeah, you have that, the. They lost twice against the Giants, yes. right? I, I sort of forget the second time. Where Which one was that? Super Bowl 46. Okay, and which one was the first one again? 42. 42 and 46. And where was 46 played again? That was in Indianapolis. Okay, yeah. Yeah, some of these I just forget about. You know, it's so weird. And and so, and then of course you have this Javon curse catch, and you go, oh my yeah, god, that, that was pretty amazing. Th- this is really going to happen again. This this is going to freaking happen. Next play, Beast Mode carries it nine yards, and he gets tackled at the one yard line. Dante Dante Hightower from the Patriots literally bench presses an offensive tackle off of him and makes a game-saving tackle from across the field and trips him up at the one-yard line. And it paid off, too. And this is why. This is the great. This is the greatest Super Bowl, in my opinion. The Seahawks needed one yard. They needed one yard. <laughs> and they don't give it to Marshawn Lynch. And they don't All give right. it to Marshawn Lynch, oh, and they pass God. it. And Malcolm Butler makes an interception. And I go, that was with what, 20 seconds left in the game? Uh-huh. Great from beginning to end. It was fantastic from beginning to end. And you had a team that basically, it was like, the, the Legion of Boom is considered one of the greatest defenses to ever be in the NFL. And Tom Brady dissected them at every step of the game. That's, that, those are my favorite. It, and that's why I picked that one over the Falcons one because that one was just – it was more of a tale of two halves. Yeah. Well, for number three for me eh, – man, these are so difficult. But number three for me – You have to say in your lifetime, though. It, yeah, in my lifetime. Because yeah. my dad is old, so he's allowed to say okay. the Bears. <laughs> okay. He's yep. allowed to say yep. that. Okay, yeah. But three in my lifetime. Um – Number three, I'm gonna have to say the Steelers and Seahawks because I I don't know about okay no I, no 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 that's your opinion that's I mean your opinion. I mean I, I I think that was a really good game Ben Roethlisberger diving in for a touchdown was it was it correct me if I'm wrong was it Randall L who threw it to San Antonio no it was it was Heinz Ward oh that yes Heinz it. Ward yes it was Heinz Ward. yes 
Yeah, you know, I'm getting old too, guys. But uh, uh, Antoine Randall, a former Redskin, throws it to Heinz Ward for a touchdown. I, I just thought that was a really cool Super Bowl. Um, number two, I I mean, man, this is hard. Number two, I'd have to say, um, I think the Patriots and the Falcons, because I can't believe the Patriots came back after that. And number one, the Giants and the Patriots, that David Tyree helmet catch. I mean, I have a lot of favorites, but if I had to pick my top three, it'd be those. So, The, the only counter that I, I know that 42 was a great Super Bowl. You, you stop the New England Patriots. They don't get the they don't get a perfect season. The only the only thing that I say that made the Seahawks Patriots game better is because the Giants Patriots game was boring at a lot of the time. The final score was seventeen to fourteen. It was ten to seven throughout like three quarters of the game. There was no scoring until the last like three minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. That's my only thing is that. It wasn't exciting all the way through like 49 was. That's all. So, um, CJ, were you around when they had VCR tapes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, just another Super Bowl story for you all. Um, I I remember every Super Bowl, I'd buy three recording tapes. One for the pregame, one for the game, one for the postgame. I'd feed it in, hit record, come back down and switch it out for the game. And then after that, switch it out for post-game. And I would have three recording tapes in a bundle, and I have a few of them in a box from the previous Super Bowls. I remember I have the Bears, um, the Bears-Colts one. I think, I think I still have the Steelers and Cardinals one too, but I, I recorded them. Like, I, I was like, you know, I was dead sad, like, I need to record these to save these. And now we have the DVR, but sometimes that gets deleted. And But I, I record the Super Bowls and keep them on there for a little while. But going off topic to baseball, when Jordan Zimmerman of the Nationals had his no-hitter, I had that game saved on the DVR until we <laughs> switched cable boxes. And I kept calling Comcast, like, is there a way to keep this? Because I really want to keep this. Because it was amazing. Steven Souza dives out for an amazing catch and saves Jordan Zimmerman's no-hitter. But, you know, besides the point, their memories. And the Super Bowl is just a great time of year for me because – um. Because of all that. It's just a great time to get together with family and friends and watch football. I Okay, so I want to – I know we don't have anything left on the outline for us, but I do want to go over Uh-oh. one last thing with you. Uh-oh, you're going to argue with me about my VCR tapes? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I, you said to me at the beginning of the season that, in your opinion, you believe that Aaron Rodgers was the greatest ever. I know. And and now that the NFL season is coming to an end, I want to know your reason behind that. Well, in the moment, not of, not just one thing. Back it up. In the moment of time, CJ, I thought he was the greatest quarterback of all time because the Patriots they weren't doing so well towards the beginning of the season. I'm you not know, talking about in this season. I'm talking about over a career and over what distincts him. And what is different than him? They- His comebacks. He came back week one against the Bears. He got injured and won the game. And um, 
after that, um, he won a Super Bowl, beat your Steelers actually, and um, man, I, I wanted the, the Steelers to win that one, but I, I think that's when it started. Aaron Rodgers winning that Super Bowl, and you know, I, I, I just think he's a, a good quarterback now because Tom Brady, I, I think this season he, he's proved me wrong, and Tom Brady and the Patriots. All that I I think Tom Brady's got to be the better one now because of all this situation and Green Bay with a new head coach. How's that going to affect Aaron Rodgers? And Aaron Rodgers, I think age is getting to him a little bit also. And and, and that's where I wanted to come at you because the thing the thing that I don't understand is that I know Aaron Rodgers has had a great talent. He's also had great talent around him. As an offense, Tom Brady, you know who he won his first three Super Bowls with? Dion Branch, who you probably know, yeah, who you probably know, David Givens, and Troy Brown, and J.R. Redman, who was his running back for two Super Bowls. Those were his those were his players on his offensive side of the ball. And but those are, of course, back then. But another thing too that I that I really wanted to get into was just I don't I don't understand when this is the big thing for me. Aaron Rodgers took the money. He got it was four years, a hundred and thirty-four million dollar contract extension this year, Josh. There is no salary cap now for the Packers. There is no money to give to free agents now. There is no big free agent signings coming for coming for the Green Bay Packers in years to come. Why did Aaron Rodgers have to take this money when Tom Brady has literally said, no, I don't need that money. Give me players, and I'll give you championships. Give me players, and I'll give you rings. Tom Brady has come out multiple times and said, yeah, I'll take a pay cut. Absolutely. Give me the players that you need. And even then, there are players that, aren't at the top of their position and he still wins them and he still wins championships with those players. Tom Brady doesn't take money. He takes wins. And that's the thing that also bugged me about this year is that Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people didn't blame him for when the season was going bad. They blame Mike McCarthy. That's, that's bull crap. Why doesn't Aaron Rodgers get any of the blame for this? If he's considered the greatest of all time, then why is he not getting blamed for any of this? Well, it's tough to say here. I really don't think Mike McCarthy was to blame, but um Oh no, he's to blame for part of it. Of course, he's the head coach. Yeah. He has the final say in a lot of things, but for Aaron Rodgers to not back up his head coach or basically in a way be coachable, I find that very distincting, distinctive of being considered the greatest ever if you're not coachable. I find that very hard to believe because Tom Brady, I, I, I want to go over these, I want to go over these accolades that he has. Five-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP. The only unanimous MVP winner in the history of the NFL. This beats out players like Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Walter Payton, 
These are beating out some of the greatest names we have ever heard. He is the only player to be unanimously voted the MVP. Let's continue. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Second-team All-Pro two times. In 2016, he was a second-team All-Pro. You know what year that was? That was the year that he was suspended for four games of the season because of the biggest joke to ever hit a court called Deflategate. That wasn't a joke. It Deflategate was, was the biggest joke I've ever heard. Really? If you have to justify by calling up Roger and say, Roger, please, please help me. They're deflating their balls and we got beat by 35 points. Please help us. The Patriots are cheating, I'm telling you. The Patriots are cheating. To have it get laughed out of court by saying, this is the, ridic- this is the most ridiculous accusation I've ever heard. To say, you guys lost by 35 points, didn't you? And they deflated your balls. What? 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 If you have to justify that, it's a joke. Yeah. Two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. The one year, the one year that he was out in 2008, he comes back the next year. He's the Comeback Player of the Year. Three-time NFL Passing Yards Leader, four-time NFL Passing Touchdowns Leader, two-time NFL Passing Rating Leader. He's also a national champion from in college when he was with Michigan. When I see Aaron Rodgers, I see a guy, sure, he's got the arm strength, but he don't got the wins. It's a team game, right? It's a team game. That's what everyone will say when they say, oh, well, Tom Brady didn't win all those games by himself. Then why is it considered that when Aaron Rodgers does it? Everyone talks about his comebacks, but Tom Brady has 52 comebacks Fourth quarter comebacks are game-winning drives. That is first in NFL history. You know where Aaron Rodgers is on that list? He's 88th. Wow. He's 88th. I'm not trying to push you away from your beliefs, Josh. Well, no. But to keep telling me that... But time has changed. There's a lot that can change within an NFL season, and... I mean, yeah, I I was a firm believer that Aaron Rodgers was one of the greatest. But, I mean, now with the Patriots in the Super Bowl yet again, there's, I mean, there's no question. It's right in front of me that Tom Brady is above all one of the greatest. And, I mean, time has changed with that. That's why, you know, an opinion can change over time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. But yeah, I just wanted to say that because nine Super Bowls that he's about to play for. That's not, ridiculous. Nine you know? Super Bowls. And that's not in a bad way. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, can you can you measure can you just measure how great the Patriots are? Like uh, this is at a point for me where I can't even measure it. They they're just going to keep on winning. But I and don't the, know. And the final point that I'll say on this on this on this episode is that lots of people want to give credit to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's only a coach. And you can you can attest to this, Dad. You can attest to this. What Tom Brady has to go out there and make all the throws, make all the executions, make all the audibles, make all the plays happen. And that's why he's the greatest ever. Yeah. I mean Look, it, it starts with the system. His system that they have for him is, is 
just top shelf. It's the best. So when you take a look at what Bill Belichick does, and you, you can watch the videos, and there's several documentaries about him and his coaching staff, all of them say there isn't anything he doesn't know. But at the end of the day, he leaves it up to us to create create for our players. And then they throw it in front of him. And when he likes it, he goes with it. If he doesn't like it, he'll tell you. And, and I think that's huge. Letting coaches coach, expecting players to be coached, and putting a sound system in front of them you know, just breeds success. It just really, really breeds success. But what I'm saying is, is that did you really expect this from a sixth-round draft pick, pick number 199? No, that's that's. There's a factor in there that you don't that you can't consider, and that's his desire, his will to want to win yeah. and to be good because he outworks everybody. I mean, I told you, I mentioned it earlier. He he's the first one into the facility. He he. And the he's the one last that, one out. You know, and he spends his time with tape. You can tell with his film. You can tell his film study is tremendous. Um, and so you you there's an unseen factor that you can't you can't measure because. How do you measure his desire to want to win? And, and they've said it before. You've heard it in multiple interviews over the last couple of weeks. It's like, all I want to do is win. It's about winning. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm good at. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I just can't measure it. Can you all? No. No, no but he's right. still the best. Yeah, I, the best. yeah I, I think 84 minutes for a podcast, that's a new record or something. <laughs> yeah. So that's because you had the old man here. That's oh yeah. A any last thoughts from you, gentlemen? No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, and, man. Um, anytime you're always welcome on the yeah. show. Yeah, I'll see you upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Coach Mintier, CJ, and Josh, you have been listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Once again, thank you to Rat Eleven Chips for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for, for to Free Forever by Jam Studio at premiumbeat.com. Make sure you check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube page. And until next time, we hope you enjoy Super Sunday in the NFL. It's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one, right, CJ? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep, so until next time, we say so long, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Peace. Peace.